Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello and welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from California, but now living in beautiful Wuhan, China. And today with me is Bebe. Hey, hi. Hello, everybody. Hi, Jason. How are you? I'm wonderful. Good. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars, suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share. Email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. We also have a special guest today, Mm. Morris from Hong Kong, an international businessman who's lived abroad and has an mid-Atlantic accent (laughs) and is now living in Beijing, (laughs) is also going to join us to talk about changing life roles at different ages. Welcome to the show, Morris. Hello, everybody. (laughs) And hello, Jason and Bebe. Hey, Morris. This is Morris. (laughs) Hello, Bebe. It's always fun to have you on the show. I still remember us talking about like food. <laughs> that was like oh yeah the whole hour was like the beginning of our chit chat <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so, i love talking about um so we're talking about aging today is that like or just well i started with this article are you worried about getting old i am actually Jason? a little bit you know as I, i'm in my <laughs> early 40s ish i guess so that's being complimentary to myself but like I, i'm Sometimes I do worry, hey, what's this aging thing going to be like? And Mm. how am I going to feel in 10 years or 20 years? And I'm a little scared sometimes. I found this article Mm -hmm. on the dailynews.com. It came out February 13th. It's called Why Fears Related to Aging Aging Are Common and What You Should Do About Them. Mm. And it talks about how 87% of people who uh, were surveyed out of 2000 said they are afraid of aging more than they are afraid of dying itself. They're afraid of like, how are they going to function in their older Mm -hmm. life? Yeah. This could be an interesting segue for us to talk about how Americans and how Chinese and different people around the world Mm -hmm. uh, view aging and view different periods in their life. Can I um, squeeze in something? Absolutely. (laughs) No, because you... Uh, the survey you mentioned reminds me of a video I saw. It was like it went mm. viral um, online on TikTok. And at least I got it. I don't mm. know if you guys did. So it was an interview that people conducted, someone conducted on the street in Japan. And um, I think one of the reporters kind of just went around and asking older people or maybe others like how happy are you happy? Are you um, at a uh, happy segment stage of your life? And one of these interviews became, um, you know, very popular because he was interviewing this lady in her 70s. I think she's probably like 74 or somewhere around there. Mm. And uh, when interviewer asked her, are you happy? She started giggling (laughs) and she was like, oh, my goodness, I am at the happiest stage of my life. (laughs) And she was like, the annoying one is gone. (laughs) And I think that means (laughs) her husband. (laughs) And she was like, yeah, another. And then she she couldn't control herself. She started just giggling away. <laughs> you could see bubbles, ha- bubbles of happiness just uh, exuding from her. <laughs> and she's like, and I'm left with this house and I have retirement money. And and then she starts giggling again. And she's like, my, um, my son and my daughter-in-law, they are great to me. <laughs> now I can come out to shop during the day. <laughs> so everything, she's like, this is absolutely 
the happiest stage of my life. And then she started giggling again. It was, I think it resonated with a lot of um, mm. uh, middle mm. age and maybe older women, at least here in China, <laughs> because, you know, when they're going through the stage, the middle stage where they're taking care of the elderly and they're taking care of their kids and they're living with their uh, annoying one. Mm. <laughs> so, and later right. on, it, it reminds people <laughs> that there there might be a better stage to look forward to. It's not as scary uh, as most people seem. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. here that that's my bit. <laughs> well, you know, actually, in this, it mentions the same thing in the article that older people tend to be happier mm-hmm. than in midlife. I think there's a lot of fear mm. and tension about what it's going to be like being older. I think what you said was right. I think people are just getting uh, scared of getting sick, not as physically fit. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I, I think it also depends on the specific uh, circumstances. Mm. So, you know, talk about my my using my own parents as an example. Yeah, they're they're now in the in their eighties. In fact, my dad is uh, eighty nine now. Eighty nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. still very fit. But I think that the hep- wow. yeah the happiest times of their lives was in their in in their late fifties, mm. early sixties. Because uh, uh, this is very specific. Because they they had me in in this late twenties, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. actually mid twenties. Yeah. So they they really uh, a year after they got married, so they they never really had the uh, life uh, to themselves, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. But uh, when my dad retired from his uh, first career as, as a police officer in in, in Hong Kong, uh, because he was still quite young, he was in his uh, in his fifties, uh, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, mid fifties. So he got a second career uh, in in China. And the two of them moved to Shanghai. They have this uh, big, nice apartment provided to them by by the employer, and they really started living the the life of just the two of them. Mm. And uh, they they had a great time because, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they ever had uh, that kind of a life just just the two of them. Yeah, so oh, that's nice. Finally, after all those years, so so they offloaded you. Uh, yeah, they yeah, sort you of. If you, if you like, yeah, yeah. They, I, I think they finally had had the freedom to live their own lives. <laughs> right. Seriously, and yeah. um, Jason, you don't have kids at least yet. And can I just tell you? Yeah, at can I just yet, tell yeah. you that I am actually looking forward to my fifties. Uh, like I, I've been calculating, <laughs> I think I will be liberated by the age of around fifty-three. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I'm serious. So when people are, you know, when you're younger, you're afraid of getting old, right? Mm. But by now, I'm seeing things a little bit more clearly. I mean, think about this: when we were infants, mm. um, we were like we couldn't do anything by ourselves. Mm. So even though people are jealous of infants, uh, just you know, they're just lying there all day and everybody taking care of them but it's actually a period of time when you have no control Mm. like at all and then when you were kids like say my daughter she's seven and she's you know she's yearning for freedom she's like i have no control over anything she's conscious (laughs) of the fact that you know she's she has to live under the control of her parents Mm. and then when you move on to the adolescent stage i mean that's just a mess right for a lot of people so and then 20s to 30s, I consider to be probably the hardest time of a lot of people's lives from the 20s to 30s, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. like you are considered an adult, 
but you have like nothing. I mean, I agree and I disagree mm -hmm. because in your 20s in America, like mm -hmm. you have nothing, but you spend so much time. I think a lot of Americans in their 20s spend a lot of time partying and having fun and ha they have really great social <laughs> engagements. And th right. even if they have nothing, they manage to have like probably the best time in their young part of their life. Mm -hmm. By the time people in America are in their 30s, they're so busy with work right. that like Kids. most of their social life is over, you know, like yep. ending. Mm -hmm. That's true. But yeah. Also, when you're in your twenties, you 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 have the time and you can afford to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. So if I think it's uh, you know yeah. two sides of the same coin. You have the freedom, mm -hmm. you have the energy, you have a little bit of money or the ability to make some. But you know, looking back, I felt like that was the period of time when I didn't, I wasn't sure about what the future mm -hmm. held for me. You know, nothing yeah, yeah, yeah. was certain in that way. I think psycho psychologically, there is insecurity. And then when you move on, as you said, 30s, 40s, that's when most people, you know, they have kids. And that's a whole new story. And I'm, I'm yeah. not going to say much about it. I'm just saying I'm looking forward <laughs> to my early <laughs> 50s. That's when my, you know, daughter will be in college. And, uh, and I can, you know, finally start to, to focus on the things I love to do again. And then, mm. you know, I mm. think the, the main job is to stay healthy and alive, mm. <laughs> alive mm. and healthy mm. <laughs> and have a little savings. Um, so, I, you know, I think when I was younger, I wasn't looking forward to getting old. So mm. if you don't want to be afraid of getting old, maybe you should have kids, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like the way you've set front loaded it is let, you know, I, it, I spent all my happy time already. And now if I have a kid, it's just like, well, I guess this is it. I'm just going to spend yeah. the rest of my time raising th this person. <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah, that, that's exactly my case, Jason. <laughs> yeah. You'll be paying yeah, your debt. Yeah. <laughs> Morris, you had, you, how old were you when you mm. had your son? I was yeah. uh, 51. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you—that's late, right? Yeah, that's uh, very late, especially by uh, Chinese standards. And uh, a lot of my mm. uh, colleagues, you know, American colleagues, yeah, when they heard about it, they—the first thing they said was, "Oh, you're a brave man." Uh, and I—I I didn't exactly under <laughs> understand what what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you're a brave man. Yeah. Um. I would have been like more straightforward and just ask in shock, like, why? <laughs> but I think there is, um, I think you would agree with me, though, that um, being parents make us much better person, you know, much better people. Yes. Um, but it's a, it's a hard process. But you we come out of it um, a much more, more mature, more understanding and uh, just better in general and wiser. Well, can you guys elaborate? What does it mean? What do you guys, because I've heard other parents say this before. What does it mean that you become a better version of yourself because you have children? Yeah, actually, you know, as Jason probably know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of internet memes, but one of the memes that kind of sticks out and, and, and it, there's a lot of truth to it was uh, a, a meme I saw uh soon after my son was born and and it says that uh, if everybody behaves as if uh, they're in front of their children uh, mm. the world would be a much better place and mm. that really you know strikes home yeah because mm. when when you don't have kids you you can behave in whatever way you like almost right mm. but uh, when you when you have a mm. ha, when you're responsible when you become a parent you're you're responsible for bringing up uh, this person who becomes the next generation you know future member of of uh, society 
that really does put a different mm. perspective on how you behave and and, and so on because mm. they they copy everything you mm. do right especially <laughs> when they were young wow okay I've been reading a lot about this, and I think one of the reasons why I feel like I'm a better person, it, you know how um, your, your wife uh, is a Buddhist, and so in Buddhism we talks a lot about uh, the lessening of the ego, right? Mm-hmm. How we think we are the center of the world. I Me mean, growing up, like if you ask my daughter right now, she thinks, literally thinks, she's the center of the world, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that lasts way into early adulthood. And for me, it lasted until I became a mother. Now that's when I knew I learned to、um, change the axis of my existence. Like I literally pulled the center of my existence out,、wow. <laughs> right, and replaced it with something else. So every time you start do, you know, you want to do something, you no longer think about, or just think about how is that going to affect me. Right, you. I start thinking about how will that affect my daughter. So basically, you know, if I have more kids, I'll start thinking about how will that affect all of my kids and my family in general.、Um, so that is a fundamental change, and in、uh, in different religions,、uh, that's actually in essence a lot of what they advocate.、Mm-hmm. Right, what they want you to do a little, you know, less of yourself, and you will be happier. The world will be a better place. So that's kind of doing it. Um, internally, but when you become parents, this happens almost like it's like forced upon you in a way externally. You have to do this for various reasons, and it takes time for someone like me to get used to it because I was so self-centered, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was before I became a parent. But this was strong. I don't think any other force would be strong enough for me to take the center,、um, for me to take me out of the center of my existence. And replace、mm. it with something else.、Mm. Only when I became a parent, when I had this responsibility of, you know, you have to take care.、Uh, you're fully responsible mm. Mm. for the well-being of another human being. So that is a fundamental change that wouldn't have happened otherwise, or I, I, I don't see how it would happen. Maybe through the power of religion. But if everyone or most people can go through this change, I think the world will be a better place because we learn to think、um, for somebody else. Like in a fundamental way to think of, to think of everything, not just from your own perspective, and we become happier individuals. We're a little bit like annoyed, but still, I think we are wiser. And this happiness I'm talking about is long lasting.、Mm-hmm. You know, it's called in Chinese. It's not just 快乐 which is happiness,、mm-hmm. but 幸福幸福 like you know,、yep. more is、yep. how how can I explain it? 幸福 is like the state of.、Uh, Satisfaction,、uh, not just contentment,、uh, ha- fleeting happiness. Yeah, it has contentment. Yeah, contentment. Ha- happiness is certainly a part、mm-hmm. of it. And、yeah. it's long lasting. It's、yeah. more like、so. satisfaction. I think you think you've done something、uh, you're happy with. You're worthwhile. You know, you could do other things. You're、yep. happy, but then you feel bad about it afterwards.、Mm-hmm. So that's something fundamental. <laughs> We're getting deep here.、Yep. I, I agree <laughs> with with. Almost everything that、uh, Bebe just said, except for one small point, that、uh, it, it's not kind of、mm-hmm. when when that happened to me, it wasn't forced onto me. It was、mm. a very internal、mm. thing that suddenly, yeah, I still remember it like like it was yesterday, even though it was you know just over ten years ago. 
Uh, that happened to me on mm. the third day uh, uh, after my child <laughs> was born. Yeah, it, it, I, I could pinpoint oh, it to that okay. point. What uh, happened? I don't know, because the first three days right. I was kind of living in a daze and then, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was holding this baby. <laughs> yeah, my wife was still in hospital at the time. So I went to the hospital every day, held him in my arms. And mm. yeah, I, I didn't know what to feel. And all of a sudden, on the third day, something happened and, and things just changed. Mm. Like you said, you know, it's no longer about you. Mm. Yeah, it's about family, the child, and so on. And uh, in mm. fact, you know, uh, I I had to take a week off, but when my boy was born, so I, I mm. messaged my my boss because he was born uh, before his due date, uh -huh. and and my boss mm. texted me back. You have to remember, this is uh, almost eleven years ago. So mm. he texted me back, and 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 he said, uh, "Oh, congratulations!" And then he says, "You're gonna." discover feelings that you never knew you you had Aww, yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah, yeah. yeah it's so true it's so true <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah it, it, that that change just happens uh internally mm. yeah it wasn't forced upon me but uh all of a sudden your 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 whole world view right. changed i think for me it is it is a fundamental change wow you guys are kind of scary no 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 it, it, but it, it, <laughs> they can, the kids are very cute like when i say um stressful or tired that's part of it but still you know there's a lot of joy i mean just seeing your baby smile like i've never smiled the way i smiled when i saw my baby smiled because that kind of smile just it just blossoms from the center of your existence. Yeah. Like when you see your baby smile, nothing else like is as important. <laughs> it's it's just you just automatically smile with your baby. But I, I you know I don't want to turn this into a, a maternity show or something like that. <laughs> We're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, well, we are talking. You I mean you guys are exactly where we should be. We're talking about like different parts of our mm -hmm. life where things change. Right. Let's let's actually stay on this for a second. Having children. So I would say if I had to guess or like speculate based on my own personal experience in America, obviously, Morris, you're an outlier. But like the timing that people choose to have their children uh, you know, it varies between two different groups. There are a lot of people that have children really young, at like 18, 19, 20 really? in America, or 21, really quick. Yeah, they don't, a lot of people don't go to college. You know, university is only like 30% or so of like, uh, so people get their career started. They're like, buy their first house. They're like, okay, mm. it's time to have children or whatever. And they start making their mortgage payments. And those people have kids, some people even younger, but that's a, you know, kind of also an outlier. But then you have the people who are college graduates. They usually wait into their mid thirties or whatever, and then they have children. So you get like the median in the middle. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering how, you know, for our American listeners, guys, what do you guys think about what are the social expectations for families having children? I know there's a lot of pressure from families. I've heard about like familiar pressure, like going back for Chinese New Year. Right. Mom says, when are you going to have a baby? When are you going to have a baby? For, not, maybe not for you, baby. You've mm -hmm. already done your your duty. Right. But for like other young young ladies who are like, they receive a lot of pressure from their families to have children. So when is it like, what are cultural, Chinese cultural like uh, expectations for when people should be having children? I think by now, Oh, probably early 30s mm. right mm. more yeah, ideally yeah. but, late but then again it, it it differs from region to region if you come from a more rural area more more conservative uh i i, I know for a fact that if a, if a girl is in her mid-20s and have no plans to get married no no steady boyfriend no mm. fiance 
that would be considered a sort of uh, an issue by <laughs> right. by the parents. Yeah, but I'm I'm pretty sure in in large cities like Beijing, Shanghai, you know, yeah, people do tend to get married later, much later yeah. in life. Um, yeah, but but yeah, generally speaking, I think in in our culture, you're still expected to get married maybe by the time you're in your early thirties. That's considered mm. late, and then to have mm. kids, yeah, that there is sort of an expectation. Like I um I was talking with my mm, um. Mm, mm. Nanny, for you know, when my daughter was small, uh, she worked with us for about two years. And after the New Year, she always goes back. She always goes back to her hometown, uh, to her village for New Year's. And I was asking uh, her about her daughter because her daughter, I think, is uh, approaching thirty, and her daughter has been in mm. working in Beijing too for like well a long time now. Um, and she's my nanny. I she's been. I know she's been worried about her prospect, you know, getting married and all that. She it seems like her daughter just refuses to to even talk about this kind of thing. Um, and normally it's okay, but when she goes, when my Ai uh, nanny goes back to her village for the New Year's, she's like, oh my gosh, you can't imagine the pressure from the other villagers. Everybody thinks that my something is wrong with my daughter. <laughs> like she's like, when I'm in the city. You know, it's it doesn't really matter because people don't. Everyone's busy in the city, right? Yeah, everyone's busy. They don't care, right? Yeah. <laughs> but when they go back, he's oh my gosh, how old is your daughter? Thirty, and she's still where's her boyfriend? <laughs> and she's like, I can't take this. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess there is, you know, there are differences when it comes to uh, where you live. I think you know it's really interesting in Japan, and I think I don't think this is as common in China, but I've heard about it, and I wanted I was hoping we could talk about it too. In Japan, you mm. they have rent a family, so you can actually go onto it online and you can rent an entire family. Oh my gosh! You can have like if you're if you're a woman, you can rent a husband and kids, <laughs> oh. or if you're a husband, or if you're a man, you can rent a ch child and a wife. Or you can rent a partner who's going to pretend to be your boyfriend or husband or your girlfriend or your wife, all this. And I know that now, because I've seen some of the advertisements, you know, on my WeChat and other places, <laughs> there are like rent a boyfriend and rent a girlfriend. I don't know about whole families. I don't think that works because they're <laughs> going to be like, where are they this year? What happened to your family? <laughs> like, I think that, you know, it is oh. kind of a thing for a minority, a small sliver of the Chinese population to actually rent a boyfriend or girlfriend to bring home and they you know they come up with a story mm -hmm. and they go through the details and then they do the whole act where they like stay with the parents for a couple of days and pretend that they're like <laughs> the actual you know lover of their their child so that they can get mom and dad to let the pressure go to not pr oh you know you have a boyfriend you're so good this is progress over last year we're so proud of <laughs> yeah i think i think that's kind of less easy to get away with in 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 the chinese culture because once you get married Two family becomes one, right? So you yeah. you, you mm. know the the other side's family, and and it's harder to get away with. But certainly, I can believe that the people rent a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And in fact, uh, a, a more extreme case, I I had a colleague uh, from Shanghai from about ten years ago, and she was telling me that uh, the, a lot of gay people in Shanghai. Hmm. They would actually arrange for a gay boy and a, a, a lesbian girl hmm. to meet, and they actually go through the process of of legally getting married hmm. just to get 
both families off their wow. back. So, so oh, yeah, really? yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if Bebe has ever heard of anything like that, but uh, yeah, I, I, I was told this by by a, a colleague of mine from Shanghai, and this was like ten years ago. Oh wow! Not even something new.、Mm. So maybe as、uh, attitudes. Change, become more liberal in China. They they don't need to do that anymore. But、uh, mm. certainly that that seems to be the case. Well, I know. Yeah, I I, I never、uh, met anyone who has done that. But I'm pretty sure young people can come up with very innovative ways、uh, to calm their parents, <laughs> at least for another year <laughs> until the next Spring Festival. <laughs> Talk about like what are like cultural expectations for children. So like I think that it's a little bit different now because there have been some changes in Chinese culture. But if I could outline a little bit about American culture, I think it might be、uh, elucidated.、Uh, our expectation for children, like what what we expect them to be, like social expectations. Oh, be who they who they should. Yeah,、huh. exactly. Their behaviors. Like in America, children are expected to be. Cute,、hmm. and like you know, there some families have you know some academic pressure, but it's I think based on my own experience in China, it's very much less. Like for example, when I was a kid, I got out of school, and I went and played in like the mud, or like maybe I read a book for fun or watched TV. I'm here in China. I have I have a class of kids. One of those kids is actually an American kid, and so like I always ask the kids, oh, what do you do after school? You know, for like different reasons. And one of the kids,、uh, you know, most of the Chinese kids will tell me about the classes they have, or the kinds of studying they do. Or、mm. I had, I was sitting there recently with this this American-born child. Actually, he's born in China. Anyway, so sitting there with him, and he's talking about like I, was, I said, "What do you do?" And he said, "Oh, I." Play video games, and I say,、well, "What do you do after you play video games?" I go to bed. I was like, "So wait, you get home at five o'clock and you start playing video games?" Yeah, and then you go to bed at what time? Nine o'clock. And I say, "You play video games for four hours?" He's like, "Yeah, it's so much fun."、And、this other boy is sitting there, and he said, "Four hours!" And you could see his eyes like light up. Like, how is this possible? And so, you know, I think it would be interesting for our American listeners to listen in on to you guys. What are what are the differences? Is、because you know, in America, it's like, yeah, you're a person. You, if you want to play video games, if you want to play Legos or whatever, like, go do that. You know, like, how is that different from what what's expected in China? Well, well if you're talking about four hours of the video gameplay, that's pretty different. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go yeah. ahead, Lawrence.、Mm, yeah, I think my boy has has a similar issue, so we're trying to put a stop to it. He spends way too much time on his devices. Yeah, and,、uh, I I think that's a general problem、uh, in in this day and age.、Uh, young kids just get so hooked on their devices. But、mm. uh, back to your、mm. original question, I I would say from my own personal experience, my upbringing, and、uh, you know my time spent in China and so on, the primary expectation for for kids、uh, for for most families is、mm. to be. First of all, to be polite.、Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 I think that, that that's a very very big thing, right? Because、mm-hmm. yeah, because it, in in our culture, there's a, a respect for age,、mm-hmm. kind、mm-hmm. of a default respect for age. So if you somebody old see somebody old, then automatically yeah, we show him some respect until they do something to to show that they don't deserve that respect. <laughs> so when you're a kid, right, you're supposed to respect. Almost everybody, all all adults,、mm-hmm. right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> you you expect your kids to say hello first and and you know greet people and 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 so on. Uh, so I, I I think that that's the first thing. Uh, mm -hmm. But in terms of academic achievement and so on, I I think in in our culture there tends to be a a, a little bit more pressure for kids to at least good get mm -hmm. reasonable grades. Yeah. So, you know, obviously there's this uh, stereotype of uh, Asian tiger moms and, <laughs> <laughs> and so on. Mm. Yeah, there's certainly a, a, a certain grain of truth mm. in that. Yeah. But I, I would say that the most primary expectations for kids is that they need to be, they have to be polite. Yeah, I'm really happy you mentioned this, Morris. Mm, mm, um, mm. Well, uh, you know, for me, uh, I think the first thought I had was, uh, you know, I expect my daughter to just stay alive in one piece. Like, please. <laughs> until, I hope. You again, hope, yeah. until natural death, like preferably around 100 or so. Mm, so yeah. <laughs> that's my biggest expectation. And what yeah. we, you know, mom and dad have been trying hard to do. We're kind of like, you know, sometimes nervous parents. Mm. And then the second thing I will mention is really just being polite because I don't spend a lot of energy uh, forcing her to study. Mm. Maybe, you know, five to 10 minutes of a little bit of math or something, you know, mm. but it's, mm. it's really not very long. Other times she just, you know, she plays by herself, but I spend a lot of time and effort just drilling it in, uh, trying to make her polite. And it's not an easy task. I don't know if there are other kids who are just born polite, um, but for me, I think it, it really requires a lot of uh, attention from parents. You know, we would take walks. I would take my daughter. Uh, we walk around the neighborhood, hopefully daily, and, you know, say hello to everybody yep. we see, everybody who works here, mm -hmm. people who mm -hmm. take care of the, the garbage, right? People who take care of the, all the plants. Um, and all the management people. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, I always tell her, you know, say hello to this uncle, say hello to that auntie. And I found that it didn't work that well. So, mm. uh, two years ago, I just stating, I just started saying, hi, hello, uncle. Oh, you must be tired or, you know, you've been working hard, <laughs> uncle or auntie. And then she, hopefully she'll repeat mm. after me. So it does take a lot of, I want, I tell her time and time again, she's like, you don't have to be really smart. You don't have to be, have really, really good grades. But please, my daughter, be polite, yep. be nice, be considerate. <laughs> I like, I beg her. <laughs> but I think it's going to be a long process, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, not just by telling her, but by showing her. So uh, I need to calm down a little bit when it comes to this. And hopefully she will learn from. I would always imagine I'm not a fuck parent, but I always imagine I'd be similar to you, baby. I think mm. I would be like, OK, you need to you're going outside. Here's your helmet and your pads. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, bubble wrapped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, dear. but I, I kind of I kind of learned a lesson on, on that particular question when uh, uh, Jason probably knows this already. Right. You remember when when my boy was uh, about three hmm. he had a bad fall and 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 ended up with uh, 18 stitches on his chin yeah i remember oh. yeah. But the point was uh he was on his uh, scooter hmm. right he's been riding his scooter by that time for for well over a year because i i, I used to put him on it as soon as he could mm -hmm. walk i would put him on the scooter like a stroller yeah we would go to a mm -hmm. mall and instead of taking a stroller i asked him to stand on his uh, scooter and i drag him along mm -hmm. So he, he was actually quite good at it. And one day, out of the blue, I actually witnessed the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. he, he slipped, he fell. For some reason, instead of 
you know, breaking his fall, his chin hit the ground. Mm. And, and yeah, not to give the, any gory details, he ended up with 18 stitches. Mm. You know, I was there watching him and he's been on that scooter for, for well over a year, a year by that time. Mm. He was good at it and it still happened. Mm. And, and the funny thing was, uh, well, it's funny now. I, I took him to a hospital in, in Beijing, a private hospital and there was a, a an american doctor on duty at at the emergency room mm. Mm. and at first i thought he was comforting me because he says oh yeah at this age because the the proportion of their heads to their bodies yeah they do suffer quite a lot of head injuries uh, mm. Mm. yeah by the time they they reach us uh, you know maybe eight nine ten years old yeah this this will change and then i thought he mm. was comforting me. and then he added then it's going to be fractures. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking the same thing, Mars. Yeah. <laughs> then it's going to be broken arms and legs yeah. and fingers. Yeah, oh so I kind of felt good for about two seconds before he added that. <laughs> Well, you know, actually, that's a perfect segue. And so, I, you know, I want to kind of cover more of our lifespan. So, you know, I want to talk a little bit about being a teenager. In, in the U.S., a lot of freedom is given to teenagers for some reason. <laughs> and so... For some reason. Yeah. So a lot of teenagers, they get out of school. They don't have to come straight home sometimes. They go to like an arcade or they go to like a, a cafe or they go out with their friends. They go to the park. They go to their friend's house. They, without always, you know, telling mom exactly where they're going to be all the time necessarily or dad. So like children in their teens, they get into all kinds of trouble. You know, they create all kinds of entire lives for themselves that their parents don't know much about. And like a lot of them have boyfriends and girlfriends at young ages. And it's, it's just, you know, people, they, they express themselves through all kinds of different like music and some of it's not very healthy. Some of the activities they engage mm -hmm. in can be very, very dangerous. I think uh, it's, it would be interesting to like maybe look at the other side of that. Is, is China the same? Do like when when a, per, a boy or a girl is 14 or 15, can they just go and live their like childish life and do almost whatever they want? Or, you know, I should also say there are some families because, you know, obviously China is not one monolithic place. America is not one monolithic place. Mm -hmm. There are families in America who don't do that. But I'm just talking about the, the most most kids. Some kids do. In fact, they're expected to be home or like in a library or reading and studying and getting ready for college at a young age. And, you know, you know, a lot of those kids end up going to some be of the better universities mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. But, you know, how is that similar or different from what's what is expected of children in that period oh. of their life in China? Do you want to go first? Is that different in Hong Kong, Morris? Is that different in Hong Kong or is it is it the same everywhere in China? Yeah, not quite the same, even within China. You know, again, you know, whether you live in a big city or in the more rural areas, uh, it, it, it's going to be quite different. Uh, because my, my boy is only 10 and a half, so I haven't quite reached that stage yet. But at this stage, uh, what I can tell you is that he, he kind of uh, flip-flopped between two extreme. Like, hmm. he's dependent on us on, on a lot of things in his daily life and, mm -hmm. and so on. But then uh, I encouraged 
him to be more independent. Well, not just about your son, but like, you know, oh. you see kids around China or you you watch media, you consume, you watch TV or movies and you, you know other people's kids. Not necessarily just about you and your family, but like, what do you see? Or mm-hmm. maybe even reflecting on, you know, your cousins or nephews, nieces. Like, how do you, how does... How does how is life the same or different? What what kinds of things are expected of you know young adolescent? I guess they're called tweens or teens. Yeah, I, again, I think that uh, it, it falls into extremes, right? There there are mm-hmm. some parents who who just let their kids roam wild and and uh, really give them a lot of freedom, and then there are other parents mm-hmm. who. Uh, who would try to control? So it's just different. It depends very much on the family. Yeah, it depends depends on on the social background, where where you grow up in the community, and the you know, say mm-hmm. it, it, if you can imagine, if you're in a rural village or something, right? Everybody knows everybody else. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. and and it's not easy for them to to go to a big city just for a day trip or anything like that. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you could basically let your kids. Do whatever they want because they are under the "quote unquote" supervision of the, of the entire community, yeah, of, yeah. of their elders, right? <laughs> right. So, so that that would be a fairly safe environment. Can I say? Yeah, uh, there are two sides to this that I can think of. On the one side, the family, uh, for the family, I think um, there's less of the idea that adolescents or young adults have to become uh, independent. There's a less of this mm, urge mm, on mm. the side of parents. You know, I think we consider them mm-hmm. like my parents still consider me a kid, right? Even though I'm like 40. <laughs> so there's a there's a less yeah. uh, urge for parents to, quote unquote, kick their kids out of the house by the time they're 18, you know, which consider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't like I won't consider my child an adult by the time she's 18. No, her brain won't be yeah. fully developed until she's like 25 or 26. Mm, yep. And also on the side of the society, mm. um, I think they're just less. I think society in general here in China, it's a uh, more innocent place than mm-hmm. if you compare it to the U.S. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying there are other um, there are no bad stuff. It depends on where you are. For example, when it comes to drugs. Right. Mm. If you live around, like, say, southern border of China and you're closer to some other um, uh, other countries, the golden uh, triangle, maybe yeah. <laughs> the then triangle. maybe things will seep through and that becomes part of the local uh, cultural problem. But where I've lived here in China, like growing up and even nowadays talking to moms and dads, like, for example, drugs is not an issue. Like it's yeah, not yeah. in the picture. You know what I mean? Yes. Drugs and teenage, teenage uh, sex or uh pregnancy (laughs) for you know for people living in the city this is it's just not a thing that people think about because Mm, mm, mm. it's not in the picture so and also smoking and things like that maybe uh i guess a few really cool kids try it but smoking and drinking less of an issue so for a lot of parents you know for a lot of kids they don't have as many choices in a way quote unquote yeah right when they are let loose i'm not saying it's completely devoid of things but I think it's a much safer place for for um, teenagers. It does seem so. that. I was just walking to school yesterday mm-hmm. and I saw this like, I don't know how old he was. He's I'm guessing he was seven years old and he had this big backpack on and he was without a guardian. He's just walking to school like in the middle of town in, mm-hmm. in Wuhan. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, like in America, I'm not sure that I don't think parents would let like a six or seven year old boy just tote themselves around town because there's so much danger. You know, mm-hmm. there's so, 
fear that something bad would happen to that boy mm. or that boy would get in himself into trouble, maybe. Mm. But like here in China, yeah, I think you're right. The word innocence, like it, it's certainly a lot safer. Right. I mean, I actually read the statistics for criminality mm. uh, between the United States and China recently. And in some kinds of violence, it's like literally 10 or 11 times mm. as much violence and in, in different kinds of stuff as there is in, in China. So yeah, it, it's a lot safer here. I, I think there's also a cultural aspect because in, in our culture, you never, like, like Bebe was pointing out earlier, you never lose this identity as somebody else's child, mm. regardless of age, mm. right? So to give you one tiny example, right? When I used to, to travel to Hong Kong for business, I, I would sometimes stay the weekend with my parents. And if, if I go out and, and have a night out with my friends, you know, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm in, in my early 60s, right? I still let my parents parents know what? that i'm going to be home late no seriously <laughs> that's that's just yeah yeah, yeah that's just a done uh, thing right yeah you you never lose this identity as somebody's child mm. right so obviously you know child mm. as a label doesn't really apply to me or or, or baby but i think baby mm. could understand that right if you're staying with your parents yes. you know even just for a weekend and you you, you stay out late uh you feel mm. obliged to let them know either beforehand or, or if something suddenly comes up yeah you you feel mm -hmm. obliged to, to let them know that you won't be home till late mm -hmm. yeah, yeah so yeah i don't even go out so <laughs> <laughs> i just stay home <laughs> In America, in the West too, like there's this idea of the midlife crisis. And so this mm. is like, I guess, late thirties, early forties, where someone like, oh my gosh, am I getting old already? And they, they freak out and buy like an expensive car or redo their, their, their outfits or something. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. I never really, <laughs> I don't remember having this, but it, I wanted to ask you guys, is this something that you, it exists or is an idea in Chinese culture because, or is it like a construct of Western society? Is, is this a real thing that happens? happens biologically or is this just made up uh, what do you i i i don't think midlife crisis it it's a real thing in, in our culture my my exposure to the concept mm. of, of of a midlife crisis is all you know from western culture in china mm. maybe it is related to to what i just talked about because you never lose this identity as somebody's child it doesn't quite work like that and also the other mm -hmm. thing is uh, you know when when you have a kid sometimes you can relive or compensate for what was lacking in your own childhood through your child right so just to give you an example mm -hmm. if you if you're lego mm -hmm. and your parents because of economic situation other factors couldn't afford mm -hmm. to get you a lot of lego when you have your own child yeah buy him lots of lego so that you, <laughs> you compensate that way <laughs> baby you're you're about that age have do you have the sudden urge to go buy a really expensive red car what? <laughs> no. No. no okay i was um i, I was thinking about this the other day midlife crisis um but i think mm. in in china well i think that the mid segment of uh, our existence if you have a child i think the mid segment is pretty difficult mm. Mm. um for both people living in, i think in any culture right especially if you have to raise your child without the support of a bigger family mm. Mm. Uh, net you know it's it's gonna be hard so i think a lot of people here 
at least people I know, they're so busy just coping with daily existence, mm, right? Mm, Raising their mm. their kids and maybe having to take care of their elderly and also working and trying to save for the future. They're so busy just making things run that I don't think they have time mm. for crisis. <laughs> it's like one prolonged. Ex- yeah, we're, it's like one prolonged crisis anyway. <laughs> so not until we make it. <laughs> don't you think so? You just. You know, it's like you you make one day after another. You take mm. it one day at a time. Wow. I don't have time to go buy a red car. <laughs> and I don't have time to drive it anywhere. Thinking about life on my own. It's not that <laughs> bad, but I, I, I think it kind of relates to a point that Bebe made very early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that uh, if you have uh, uh, excess cash or whatever, you know, say your, your son has graduated from university, but because mm. you never look at them as, as, as an independent individual, right? They're always your child, mm-hmm. right? If you have that mm. spare financial resource, you would probably start in our culture, you would probably start planning for their own work. <laughs> for their well-being, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You would save a bit for so that in case they needed help or they, they need help with property mm-hmm. prices being what they are, you know, put away something to help them with their first down payment or, or whatever, mm-hmm. or, or even mm-hmm. thinking about the, their kids, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. right? So that you, you would put away something. So I, I don't think it's, it's such a, a big thing in our culture, this concept of a midlife crisis where you have to go and buy toys for yourself. I have another question, and this one's a little bit personal to me. So I want to talk about beards really quickly. So um, when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. it was unusual to see an adult with a beard. There were very few. It wasn't a thing. You know, there's different periods in time which things are popular or not popular. Mm. I guess in the 1970s, the cliche is like a lot of men had long sideburns. But like by the 80s, 90s, it was like, oh, you need to have your face shaved. That's how you need to look. It's professional. Mm. But after like the year 2000, a lot of people increasingly in, in America, in, in the West, start, started growing beards. And so I sometimes am shaved and sometimes I grow a beard. And my wife is like, oh, you look terrible. You need to shave your beard. <laughs> I get that all the time, constantly. <laughs> and like even her parents are like, oh, no, Jason, you're too young for a beard. You can't have a beard. And like I so I was wondering, you know, how do Chinese because I I know that some Chinese folks can grow beards, but they generally I don't see them doing. I do see occasionally a very older man, maybe 60 with a very good looking beard. But like I was wondering, what do you guys what is what are cultural perspectives right now? Anyways, like in some parts of China, at well, least about beards. Wow, I never thought about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you see someone's with a beard, baby, what do you think? Do you think, wow, he looks handsome? Or do you think, wow, what is that dirt on his face? <laughs> well, I, oh, I don't really think about it. <laughs> I don't know. Now that you mentioned it, I don't see a lot of people with any kind of beard. I, I think it's, mm, yeah, it's mm. not as common here. Yeah. And what about like the, the pictures of Lao Tzu? Like he has this long white yeah, beard. Well, yeah, that's a much, that's a fine. much older age, mm. right? So, yeah, like no, no, my, my own wisdom. take on this is, yeah, wisdom. Ooh, and uh, It's a good thing. I'm telling my wife. <laughs> yeah, but the point is in our culture, first of all, not a lot of people could carry a beard well because we don't have mm. that much facial hair. Uh, but also, since I, I I moved to Beijing, right, 20 odd years ago, I, I found out that there's, there's uh, some regional mm. uh, cultural differences as well. I was told by, by a local friend that uh, mm-hmm. a lot of 
northerners,、uh, especially Beijing people.、Uh, as long as your father is alive, you're not supposed to grow a beard, right? It, it's not a really strict thing, but then、mm-hmm. there are certain families who、mm-hmm. still consider that the kind of not the done thing, right? If your if your father is still alive, so. From my own family, my my dad never explicitly、mm-hmm. discussed that part of thing with me. But looking back,、uh, it wasn't until my my grandfather passed away that my dad started growing a mustache. So my dad、mm-hmm. has a mustache right now.、Mm-hmm. Yeah,、mm-hmm. but uh, uh, looking back, interesting portrait of your dad, by the way. He he's a guy. He's eighty. He goes to the gym. He's frustrated. He can't go right now, and he has a mustache. I want to meet your dad so bad. <laughs> he sounds really interesting. Age of eighty nine. I think you have actually met him because、uh. sometimes he would ask me about you as well.、Uh. He, he's got quite a good memory. Yeah,、mm. yeah. So I I don't know if if that's what affected my、mm. dad's decision, but、uh, he he didn't grow a mustache until until my granddad passed. Away,、mm, mm, mm. yeah. But still, in, in general, if you see somebody in their thirties or, or you know, even younger with a beard, especially a beard, you know, in in, in China, you would think of them as、uh, either very weird or maybe they are a, 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 an artist <laughs> of some sort. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, an artist. Yeah. So it's cool in art circles, is what I'm getting in China. Yeah, because it's. We kind of accept that artists behave slightly differently from from quote unquote normal people. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, no offense.、Um, and can I also say that I think people nowadays are just both men and women. They're a lot more concerned about the amount of hair they have, like on top of their head, <laughs> rather than under their chin. Like I'm thinking, <laughs>、yeah. I don't know about the science part. If you could save the energy or whatever nutrient. Um, of growing your beard and just force it onto the top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> can we have more hair? Like men have more hair. <laughs> I don't I think mean, I don't think it works like that. Similar things. <laughs> <laughs> I just I hope it works like that. That men, you know, if you just keep it, keep plug it in, like plug it on the at the bottom, and then we'll grow up. <laughs> To the top. Oh, I, 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 this is unrelated to what we're talking about, but a quick, a really funny story. Yeah, Jason、sure. knows that I've been. I, I have this really good friend in Beijing. Yeah, uh, uh, Ethan's so-called godfather, right? Gandia. Yeah.、Mm. So he he's bald, right, on top, but he actually、mm-hmm. has a lot of chest hair and so on. <laughs> so when when Ethan was like two years old, yeah, he would walk up to him, yeah. We we would be you know maybe when when it's hot you know we're having dinner at his place he takes off his his t-shirt, Ethan would actually pluck <laughs> his、uh, his belly hair and says uh, oh uh, you know uh, uh, bend down I want to stick it on top of your head. <laughs> That's so cute.、Uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. So in America, oftentimes parents are accused of being really, really strict. Like, at, you know, you need to listen to me all the time. You know, rules based and like, okay. But like, then when they become grandparents, it's like, just do. Oh, grandparent, you could do whatever you want.、And、they shower gifts on them, and, and like, Americans as grandparents are looked at as like 
total pushovers <laughs> like, who just let their grandkids do whatever they want and spoil them rotten. Uh, and so I, you know, I was wondering, you know, you guys are obviously not grandparents and neither of you are going to be hopefully <laughs> at least for 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Right. So min- minimum. Right. So like, but are there perspectives like how parents treat their children? Are, is that oh, a different than how grandparents treat the same absolutely. child? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. My parents, especially uh, my dad, was uh, very strict with mm. us when we were young. And I actually had this uh, quick discussion with him a few years back. You know, we, we was taking my boy down to Hong Kong to spend some time with them. And, and I said, Dad, why are you letting him get away with all this nonsense <laughs> when you were so strict with, with us? And my dad kind of had this cheeky grin on his face and says, he's not my child, he's my grandchild. <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. Kind of, it's, it's your problem if he gets spoiled, not mine. <laughs> Oh wow, he he's very straightforward. Uh, yeah, yeah. My 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 dad is is very honest. I think there's de- it's definitely you know the long term perspective versus the short term perspective, right? As mm. parents, we have to be concerned about our children's long term perspective. You know, mm. I want her to live well until she's like at least a hundred, and then it depends on what you do. <laughs> um, but for for grandparents, uh, first of all, I have to say that they're not as physically strong and mentally they don't have as much psychic energy to discipline mm-hmm. it takes a lot mm-hmm. of energy to discipline your child like literally when you have to discipline your child i feel like it's like it's like chipping myself away like it, psychologically <laughs> it takes enormous amount of uh, focus and energy and for a lot mm. of parents the grandparents in their 60s 70s 80s they they can't handle it it's too much. It's just, mm. it's, they want to survive and to survive, you let go of a lot of other things, <laughs> right? Like, I, I feel yeah. like by disciplining, yeah, yeah, by yeah, yeah. M- molding my child into a better person, I might be cutting a few years of my life, my own life. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's worth it. <laughs> uh, it. It's worth it. And, but maybe I will, you know, some other way, my longevity is compensated because I take better care of myself. So I live longer. Mm-hmm. I can take care of better care of her. Win but a few it's, years, uh, it's, lose yeah. a few years. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's um, for them, for grandparents, it's out of necessity. They don't have the energy to discipline and they want to spoil them too. It's their show of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? yeah. But then perhaps there's another factor of work. I'm not hundred percent sure, but you know how baby in our culture, if your child behaves badly, yeah. It's considered uh, uh, a shame or dishonor to to you yourself as, as parents. Whereas it's true in America. Yeah. yeah. Whereas uh, yeah. grandparents don't usually get get the same sort of blame. Uh, so mm-hmm. so maybe because they, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so maybe that that's it's, another factor. Yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure, but the thing that if your child behaves bad, then in our culture it, it, it reflects really <laughs> badly on you. On that cheerful note, uh, Morris, it's always a great pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Morris. <laughs> pleasure is all mine. The Good pleasure is all mine. <laughs> thank you also, baby. Yes, thank you, Jason and our listeners. See you next time. Bye-bye, right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you.